Hey everyone, you are watching a short segment that was taken from a teaching series I did with 119 Ministries, where I taught through the book of 1 Peter verse by verse. Um, I hope that you enjoy this short clip. If you are interested in seeing the entire series, check out the 119 Ministries YouTube channel. I'll leave a link in the description below for you to check that out, and I hope that you enjoy the short video. Why are we called to be holy? Because, as Peter says, he who called us is holy. God is utterly holy and expects his children to reflect his nature. That is our purpose, to bear God's image, to reflect his character, including his holiness. But this raises a question. What exactly does holiness look like? How do we be holy in all our conduct? Well, Peter tells us where to look to find out. He appeals to the scriptures as the basis for his exhortation. He says, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. He says, it is written. So, if we want to know what Peter meant when he called us to be holy, we have to look at where it is written. This command to be holy occurs a few times in the book of Leviticus. The context of these commands concerns various laws regarding how God's people are to live. For instance, Leviticus 19.2 says, You shall be holy, for I, Yahweh, your God, am holy. Then, the rest of the chapter describes holy conduct. It says to honor your parents. It says to not engage in idolatry. It says to care for the poor. Holiness also involves being honest, that is, not lying or stealing or defrauding your neighbor. You are to uphold justice in court, for example. You are not to hate your brother or seek vengeance or slander, but you are to love your neighbor as yourself. Again, those are just a few of the commandments from Leviticus that define holy conduct. Generally, Christians agree with these commandments. Of course we should honor our parents, care for the poor, and be honest. But none of these things are controversial. Even though we sometimes fail to live up to these holy standards, most Christians still agree that we should strive toward keeping these laws. However, there are other things that Leviticus defines as holy conduct that not all Christians would agree with. For instance, in Leviticus 19, the command to keep God's Sabbaths is mentioned in the verse immediately following the command to be holy. Many Christians think that God's command to rest on the seventh day, Saturday, is either irrelevant or has been replaced by Sunday observance. But if we go with Scripture's definition, keeping God's Sabbaths is part of what holiness looks like. Here is another place where the command to be holy appears in Leviticus. Leviticus 11, 45-47 For I am Yahweh, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. This is the law about beast and bird and every living creature that moves through the waters and every creature that swarms on the ground, to make a distinction between the unclean and the clean, and between the living creature that may be eaten and the living creature that may not be eaten. This passage that we just read follows a list of qualifications that an animal must have to be permitted as food. Animals that meet the criteria are considered clean and can be eaten, 
but animals that don't are considered unclean and must not be eaten. We see something similar in Leviticus 20. Leviticus 20, 25-26. You shall therefore separate the clean beast from the unclean, and the unclean bird from the clean. You shall not make yourselves detestable by beast, or by bird, or by anything with which the ground crawls, which I have set apart for you to hold unclean. You shall be holy to me, for I, Yahweh, am holy, and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. So being holy in all our conduct, as Peter says, includes being holy even in what we eat. Once again, Peter was quoting from these passages in Leviticus where holy conduct is defined. Thus, Peter's definition was based on the definition given in the scriptures he quoted. And if Peter's original readers were predominantly Gentile believers, as we've suggested, these instructions have significant implications. Once again, these Gentile believers have been fully accepted into God's covenant people. As we've talked about before, that means they share in Israel's blessings and hope for the future, but they also share in their responsibility. In the days of Moses, any foreigner who wanted to join Israel and worship the God of Israel had to follow the same laws as the native Israelites. The same is true for us today. Yeshua doesn't have one standard for his Jewish followers and another for his Gentile followers. As followers of Yeshua, we are called to be holy, all of us. What does this mean for us today as Christians? Well, it means that if we're serious about following Peter's instruction to be holy in all our conduct, then we should follow the commandments in Leviticus that define holy conduct. This includes things like honoring our parents, taking care of the poor, and so forth, but it also includes things like the Sabbath and dietary laws. We should be resting on the seventh day. We should not be eating what the Bible calls unclean. Once again, if we go with Scripture's definition, doing all those things is what it means to be holy.